0: Hello and welcome to Tips and Tales, Ski Racing Media's official podcast for the week of May 22nd, 2019. I am your host, Sean Higgins, and on today's show, I'll be sitting down with U.S. Ski and Snowboard Alpine Director, Jesse Hunt, to talk all about the first year of his second tenure as Alpine Director, and where he sees the future of the U.S. ski team going in the next several years. We talk about everything from junior development team culture, athlete funding to just what is going on with the men's world cup slalom. And I think you will enjoy listening to the conversation. But before we get on to today's show, I would like to take just a little bit of time to highlight some of the recent pieces published on SkiRacing.com. SkiRacing staff writer Mackenzie Moran compiled a list of top-level athletes who spent at least part of last season on the sidelines due to injury. The list is long and over 40 names, and Mackenzie discusses just why injuries seem to be so prevalent in the sport in recent years with Lindsey Vonn's physiotherapist Lindsey Winninger. Contributor Edithes Morgan is back with another column discussing just what the off-season means and why some athletes could benefit from it, meaning just that. Time off snow. Backshop contributor Todd Carroll has some helpful tips for you to help get your skis prepped and ready for their summer in storage. Also, if you're planning on doing any summer skiing, Todd goes over some tuning and waxing essentials for glacier skiing as well. Lastly, our latest edition of Coach's Corner is out with Truckee High School Ski Coach Ryan Mooney talking all about the value high school ski racing can bring to the table. In some parts of the country, high school racing is thriving, but in others, it could definitely use some work. How many workup athletes do you think raced for their high school ski teams? The list? might surprise you. To check out all of these stories and much, much more, head on over to skiracing.com. Coming up after a quick break will be my interview with U.S. Ski and Snowboard Alpine Director, Jesse Hunt. The single best way to support what we do at Ski Racing Media is through a subscription to Ski Racing Premium. From podcasts and World Cup race coverage to our wildly popular American Downhiller web series, Ski Racing Premium is the engine behind everything we do at Ski Racing Media. It literally keeps the lights on for us. Subscriptions cost $35 per year for unlimited premium content on skiracing.com, which includes full-length World Cup race features and many of the pieces you will hear us talking about on this show. If you are interested in supporting what we do, head on over to skiracing.com and click the subscribe button. All right. Now we'll get you back to the show all right welcome back to tips and tales and i am sitting down with us ski and snowboard alpine director jesse hunt jesse thank you
1: so much for coming on the show today absolutely sean it's my pleasure
0: all right let's jump right into it so you took the job of alpine director almost exactly one year ago you were alpine director previously in the early to mid 2000s and have just started your second stint with the us ski team one year in, what is the state of the U.S. Alpine team?
1: Well, uh, I think, you know, when I came in a year ago, um, there were a lot of discussions with our athletes, and the athletes had come forward with really four key things that they felt were important to them, and, and uh, those things were the uh, the culture of the team and having a, a positive dynamic in the team, um, taking a look at the the, uh, the funding gap that existed for athlete travel, uh, some of the development uh tears and what was going on with development and, and, uh, and finally just some feedback, coaching feedback and some uh, uh, communication loops on, uh, on some of the, uh, the staffing and things that, that we had in place. And after 12 months I feel like we've, we've uh, looked hard at, at those, some of those topics and some, some things we've really moved the ball forward. Uh, a long way on, and uh, made some great progress. And others, you know, we still we still have a lot of progress to, to make. So, um, I feel pretty good about where we are right now with the uh, with the athlete uh, funding topic. I think we looked really hard at the, uh, the the funding challenge that the athletes had covering some of their travel, um, and 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 that was affecting our ability to, to really have a positive dynamic uh, in in the team. And uh, we are. We, we had a very complicated uh, approach to dealing with trying to close that gap last season. And I think we did it. We made a big step last season. And this season coming forward, uh, we, uh, we're, we're solving that, that challenge from the A down to the C team. So I feel really, really good about where we moved at, the needle in that area. Um, and uh, and I'm... Um, Looking forward to obviously we need to do some more work uh, moving forward, but I'm really proud of where uh, where we've gotten to in that area. With regards to team uh, culture and having a positive dynamic, uh, you know the funding piece is going to contribute to that. But really, there's a lot that we need to do in terms of uh, creating a um, you know positive dynamic among the different different levels of the team and and creating an accountability that's team wide. Uh, relative to either the men's team, the women's team, well, and even in Alpine uh, uh, overall, um, but specifically within the genders, you know, there's a lot of movement that goes on vertically in the in the teams um, Younger athletes moving up getting opportunities at Europa, the Europa Cup and the World Cup as well as athletes moving uh, uh, horizontally in the team, either tech athletes moving to speed or maybe speed athletes moving over to, to tech uh, or being involved in combined and needing to run slalom and, and having those uh, crossovers that exist uh, so you know we're looking at that uh, team-wide accountability to really speak to you know moving athletes around effectively within the team and and uh, and i think we've made some good progress you know in that area last year uh, we i believe we needed to continue to to make more uh, gains in that area but i think we we made some good steps in in terms of acknowledging where we were and uh and really where we had to go specifically on the, men, on the men's side of the team. Kind of touching on what we've done here in terms of communication loops, we established uh, an athlete liaison uh, that um, really was uh, a, a communication loop that went um, right to the top of the, our organization. Uh, we established that within all the, all the teams, while the men's team and the women's team each had one in Alpine um and again that was an opportunity to to, uh, build some communication loops um through directly to the top of the organization as well as implementing some uh some team surveys on uh, performance relative to staffing um and um and and just uh, other aspects of of the program um even as they related to things outside of athletics you know getting some feedback and how we were doing in some of the other areas regarding sponsorships and, and, uh, and, and uh, promotion and, and, and those types of things. So, um, you know, survey loops, um, surveys to, to, uh, to fulfill some of that. Um, a lot of that went on last year. Again, steps towards building that communication, um, uh, you know, so it's a little more, um, you know, two-way creating that two-way dialogue uh, Mm -hmm. with with our athletes. So I think we addressed that uh, quite a a bit Um, in terms of our development. We completely changed our development system um, to to go from a managed system at the D-team level to a a project-based system. Um, We did make some steps there uh, in terms of uh, introducing that programming um, and really you know, rolling it out. Uh, the first year we had, you know, obviously some um, some great successes with the, uh, the 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 Junior Worlds effort. Um, and I think one of the biggest things about that was, you know, just the different groups coming together uh, to have a successful Junior Worlds for the U.S. It was, you know, collegiate teams, club teams. It was it was athletes within the upper level of our program. Um, you know, nationally. Uh, as well as the the identified D team athletes uh, that had been in programming uh, throughout project based programming throughout the year, so a lot of different coaches, a lot of different athletes came together to really ha- have a successful effort uh, at that level. So, um, so success on that end of it. I think there were some wrinkles, obviously, to work through with with communication when you're dealing and collaborating with that many different groups. So we're continuing to evolve uh, at that era, at that level, but. Um, but I think we, uh, you know, we, we're beginning to see, you know, how we can evolve and, and move that in a positive direction, too. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely uh, feel like we're making some progress in that area. So I feel, you know, I feel pretty good. I, I feel like we kicked a lot of things off. I think there's a lot of work to do. Um, but we certainly, um, I think, are acknowledging some of our challenges and taking them on. Mm-hmm.
0: And obviously when you first had this job, I believe it was after the, the Salt Lake Games is when you first became Alpine Director. The US Ski team was was in a very different place. What is what have been the biggest differences between your first tenure and and now as Alpine Director?
1: Well, I think uh, we were evolving um, a team and and actually it was a young team at that time. Um, we had we had some um, Uh, results right through the the ranks um, at that time Um, we were I would say you know you use the word healthy you know the attitude and the and the programs were very healthy um, down through the system Um, and we had uh, we had a much different development system at that point we had a fully managed uh, well-funded development program at that time uh, which helped to feed um, the system uh, so, so quite a few different things going on at that time. But I think, you know, it's, as things have evolved, um, I mentioned we had a young team. You know, we have uh, one of our goals at that time was to, you know, really um, uh, support the athletes in a way where they could extend their careers and have a long, productive careers, um, you know, and that's actually really what did happen over time. Um, and now we're sort of at the end of that cycle with some of those athletes that, uh, that were just emerging and, and really breaking into the, into the top of the World Cup and Olympic level mm-hmm. at that time in 2002. So um, so yeah, so we've sort of gone through a full cycle. Now we're trying to, um, you know, looking back at, uh, you know, the, this past year, you know, one of the big things that I'm trying to bring back to the, to the program is, is a, a winning at every level attitude, meaning... Um, really, a resource out, looking at resource uh, you know, allocation, making sure that we're uh, able to compete at each level and have the resources and the staffing and the programming to compete at each level through the system, and acknowledging the successes that we have through the system, um, not just uh, the very highest level, um, being the Olympics or World Championships.
0: And looking back on this last year, there was a bit of a coaching shakeup on, on the men's side with Sasha Rierick, former men's head coach Sasha Rierick, moving down to head up the program at the junior level, and that left a vacancy at the top with men's head coach, and that in some ways gave more autonomy for John McBride on the speed side and, and Forrest Carey on the tech side, um, but you also stepped in as well to, and filled some of that gap. What was that dynamic like between you and, and the head discipline coaches? last season
1: well I, I think it was it was a, a good dynamic it was a positive dynamic I had two very experienced uh, coaches at that level um, whom I could rely on uh, they they really knew how to how to move the programs forward um, and I think I you know I, I definitely relied on them in a lot of ways to to really drive the uh, technical and and the speed side respectively um, I think, you know, from my standpoint, it, it gave me an opportunity to, to really uh, stay connected with the program more so and, and drive some of the uh, team building themes that we drove this spring and, uh, and really try to bring the, bring the team together. Um, so uh, I think the, the positive of it was, you know, really just the touch points and the ability to, to really connect with those, those programs and... Um, and now we've, we're evolving here this spring and we've had some some, some really positive um, changes in staff um, and in addition to that we've had some really positive uh, uh, team team building camp on the on the men's side that uh, really is uh, just setting a foundation for uh, for a great uh, move forward. Um, as a team in the future. Mm-hmm.
0: And what were some challenges maybe last season without having a, a dedicated head coach?
1: Well, I think there's a lot, there's the spirit of the team carrying that spirit in, in addition to, to, uh, on-hill activities, logistical, uh, uh, uh challenges, you know, and, 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 and dealing with all those things of moving athletes around. We, uh, I think we communicated well. I was lucky enough to have two head coaches that were mature enough and understood the programming enough and where we were going with the program to communicate well. And uh, they did a good job uh, communicating and uh, we were able to move that athletes vertically and horizontally within the program, which is really you know, the, what is one of my major goals. Um, and and I felt like uh, we were able to achieve that.
0: And looking ahead to this season, uh, John L. McBride announced earlier this spring that he'd be stepping down as head men's speed coach, and Randy Pelkey, who used to head up the development program for the men, will be stepping in and filling that role. What does Randy bring to the table on the men's speed side?
1: Well, Randy is is really one of the more experienced speed coaches we have in the country, and uh, I felt that uh, you know he certainly has. Uh, worked with a lot of the athletes that are succeeding now at, at uh, the highest level um, on the speed side. So he has history and a, um, and a, and a connection with them by, uh, through working with them um, prior to this. And, um, and that really makes a difference. It, it really does in terms of, uh, you know, the... Um, the delivery or programming you know that there's a there's an important piece with the you know in the coaching side of it is is really building that trust and uh, you know Randy because he's worked with those athletes for uh, a long period of time already through their development uh, he's 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 built that trust and has that uh, uh, respect uh, from that group so that was a that was a huge piece and um, I really am excited about uh, seeing him uh, evolve that team Mm
0: -hmm. and and looking on the women's side with Michaela becoming more and more dominant in her program becoming more and more autonomous uh, to the rest of the U.S. ski team how do you still keep that team dynamic on the women's side and include those younger racers who could really benefit from uh, someone like Michaela in their day to day.
1: Well, I think I think Mikayla's um, clearly she had a record-breaking season. Every, we all we all saw that. Um, you know, one of the things that I saw too was you know her interactions with the athletes that were skiing at that World Cup level, and and uh, and she really was a mentor to the athletes that were that were competing at that level. And she interacted with them in a really positive way. So I think um, that that was really great to see. It was great to see some of the younger athletes starting to score at the World Cup, um, and uh, and then it was great to see, you know, just some of the insight that she was providing um, those younger athletes coming onto that into that uh, tour. So um, so I'm really positive about how how things are evolving there. Um, there's clearly a gap in skill level um, there, but. Um, you know we've got some athletes that are stepping in the world cup and starting to score and moving up so it's 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 pos- very positive and this year uh you know Magnus Anderson is the Europa Cup uh, head coach um but really now he's got a group of athletes that will be regularly on the world cup um so you know that group is going to evolve up into the world cup and and spend more time there as well so you know, there'll be more opportunity to really integrate that.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you foresee challenges in, in that integration between Magnus's group and Michaela's program?
1: Well, I think one of the things that Michaela has going is that she really is trying to compete in all the different disciplines. Um, and that brings on a, a whole host of challenges in terms of training and, and uh, training needs. Uh. And I think right now we're trying to focus Magnus and his group on really moving up the technical side and really starting to score in, in slalom and giant slalom. So there'll be times when their programs fit, and there'll be times when they really don't. Um, so you know we're going to figure out how to work around those. But um, but mostly you know there's really you know there's there's times when Michaela needs to run some speed or she needs to do some other uh, training. Um, times when she's in the uh, you know the technical world, and and there's not you know additional training that's needed. Then then there'll be some integration, and there has been, and it's you know um, we're we're seeing more and more of it, and it's working out really well.
0: And uh, switching gears a little bit, I do want to want to talk about culture. That's kind of been the big buzzword over the last twelve months here at US Ski and Snowboard, and obviously Tiger was hammering that point home in his keynote address last week at at US Ski and Snowboard Congress what are your goals personally for team culture on the Alpine side and and where can the team improve?
1: Well, I think from my standpoint, my history, I think it's important to have a positive dynamic. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, the, the athletes enjoy the experience a heck of a lot more if, if the environment's positive. Um, so there's, there's, you know, and there's the two minutes that you're actually on the hill competing. And then there's the rest of the day that, uh, you know, you're living and breathing and, and hanging out together. And, and, and I think that um, it's important that that time off the, you know, outside of the arena of competition is something that, you know, the athletes can enjoy. And, you know, that to me is really, you know, the, the piece that's important. And it grows from there. And not everyone, every athlete on the team are going to be friends. Um, it's more a question of, building a level of respect and, um, you know, uh, mutual respect among those, those team members where, um, you know, they can actually interact and, and enjoy each other's company and, and, and live, uh, with one another out, outside of those competitions. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and what concrete steps have you taken over the last 12 months and heading into next season on, on addressing some of these issues? Well,
1: we've had, we've had, we've done quite a bit of work with, um, uh creating some team contracts some contracts for working together within the teams um, among the athletes and staff trying to create a a set of standards that um, that that everyone wants to live by Um, we did we started with that last last year on the men's side and the women's side in different shapes and forms and uh, and that'll evolve over time Um, but i think that's an important one it's just you know communicating on what it is that we want to see um, from, um, from our team members and from our team. And uh, it's an important that everyone contributes to it or it really doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a process. Um, and once it gets started, it really creates its own um, momentum and, um, you know, builds over time.
0: And talking a little bit about the, the athlete liaisons between the, the teams and, and the staff, who are those athletes and, and what is that dynamic between... The liaison and uh, the administration here.
1: Well, it's a it's a bigger picture outside of Alpine. It's all the sports have liaisons within Alpine. Um, last year we had uh, Racy uh, Stiegler and Tommy Biesmeyer who were um, interacting with um, with our uh, administration, uh, and uh, and it was really an opportunity to just um, communicate. You know, beyond uh, gave just another outlet for communication to athletes if they had questions or things that they uh, were curious about. They had an opportunity to to ask those questions, and then um, you know, on the other side, the administration had an opportunity to uh, to share uh, some of the ideas and directions um, that they were they were wanting to implement.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm curious how the the issue of team funding figures into the the greater. Uh, team culture here at the U.S. Ski Team. I know for years and years it's been kind of a, a thorn in the side of the organization, having to charge these team fees. And with Tiger announcing that A through C will be covered one way or another, and there will be no out-of-pocket costs for athletes, how does that in itself improve team culture?
1: Well, I think the team culture comes down to you know the feeling that the athletes are supported. And I think within Alpine, there's been an expectation of, you know, the athletes should be covered in, in, and, uh, you know, so that's where that comes from, I think. That's why that's affecting, um, you know, the thinking um, in terms of, of support, you know. And and I believe that that uh, that it will help. I, I mean, I know it will help. I think it's one of those um, steps that we're going to take that's going to be, um, it's an important first step and, and then, you know, we need to, we need to continue to work on building that culture, um, that culture of support, um, because ultimately, you know, if the athletes feel supported and they're in a positive environment, then a lot of great things can happen.
0: And what kind of feedback have you gotten from athletes on, on things like this?
1: Well, I as I started out initially, you know, the athletes came forward and really um, expressed their opinions about it. Um, you know, since then, obviously, they've, um, you know, they've hoped, hoped that, that we would solve some of these challenges and and I feel like, you know, at this point we're making steps to solve some of them. So I think there's, some, you know, there's hope, and uh, you know I think the athletes are encouraged. That's the, some of the feedback I'm getting. I think if there's, there's, you know, time will will tell. You know, we'll we'll need to continue to make progress in these areas, but I think we uh, we're, we're starting to turn the corner.
0: And I do want to touch on some of the the, the criticisms that have been voiced in the community towards. Um, you and and the greater U.S. ski team, in particular, the situation around men's World Cup slalom this past season with no Americans on the start list in Kitzbühel and several other World Cup slaloms with a single U.S. man racing. And I guess you could kind of frame this as a, as a general commentary on the perception of Project 26 as a whole as well, that there's a sense of some in the community that the U.S. ski team has... For lack of a better word, abandoned a discipline or a whole generation of skiers. Um, what do you say to people that that feel that way?
1: Well, I think that the uh, this past just to speak to this past season, I'll start with that. I mean, one of the things that I spoke to this mantra earlier, the uh, the idea of trying to win at every level, is really managing athletes to the level where they're they're competitive. Um, so that's, you know, can, you can speak to the, the program-wide effort to, to be uh, accountable at each level and to be winning at each level, and then the, the individual athlete uh, management um, that goes along with that. Um, and really, we have a, a pretty clear um, criteria for, you know, each level of racing, whether it be NORAM, Europa Cup, World Cup, um, and that's posted, and we've been, you know, very forward about about providing that, um, that pathway. Um, and, and, and then we, you know, in December, we didn't really stick to it. We, um, we gave a lot of athletes an opportunity to establish themselves on the World Cup, um, even though they didn't fit that criteria. Um, and then once we got into, into January, we started to, to really, um, act, you know, take action on that pathway. And uh, I think that was really the negative feedback that we got when we really actually activated on some of the things that we w- had presented and that were in print and that were actually guidelines that were out there for for quite some time mm-hmm. um that surprised people um but you know that stuff was in print and, and and we did give a lot of opportunities on the front side and maybe people uh, you know uh, because of those opportunities, you know, it, it created some confusion, um, but I think we we ultimately were are sticking with um, you know those those guidelines that we presented. Mm-hmm.
0: And and for people who don't know what the World Cup criteria is, can you give it a brief brief overview? And we'll link to this on our website as well if, if you want to read it.
1: Right. Well, so in terms of advancement, really, it's advancement, and so what we're saying in our inva- advancement is. You know, if you're um, if you're doing well at the Norams, then we give you opportunities at the Europa Cup. If you're doing well at the Europa Cup, we give you opportunities at the World Cup. Um, there's obviously a desire to go straight from Norams to to the World Cup, um, which um, we do give some opportunities to, 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 to uh, take that route. Um, but really, what we're we, you know uh, we prefer is to move athletes up through the system and follow a kind of a win at every level uh, approach to um, to uh, athlete advancement up through the system
0: and do you understand where where some of these athletes or or people in the community are coming from when they feel that whether it's through uh, a team criteria becoming harder and harder as an athlete gets older or being more strict with uh, with how the U.S. gives out World Cup starts how an athlete can feel like they've been given up on
1: well, I think I can I can understand. I mean, I've been told that that's the feeling. Um, you know, I think from my standpoint, um, you know, if an athlete is performing, they're going to get an opportunity at the level where they belong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of a, just a fundamental approach um, to this. And um, maybe it's, that's not as always received. Um, you know, uh, the way that, you know in a positive way. Um, but that's what we're trying to do. And I think outside of it, of course, you know, there is the, um, you know, the, the opening to provide experience to athletes at a higher level. And, uh, and, and we're trying to do that as well, uh, and, and do that. So, uh, so it makes sense. And so, you know, that's really our approach.
0: And talking a little bit about, there was a big, uh, forum on collegiate racing. That opened up US Ski and Snowboard Congress last week, and some very colorful discussion on all sides between uh, people asking questions and the members of the the panel. Um, I kind of wanted to get your take on NCAA fitting into the greater development pipeline, and whether it's it's realistic to think an athlete can race NCAA and then jump into uh, top level NorAm, Europa, and World Cup levels.
1: Well, I think the the collegiate uh, competition is strong. There's no question about it, and there's been examples of athletes moving back into the international scene and having success. I think it's it's happened, so you know certainly it's recognized, Um, and and it's probably you know could be the right path for some athletes. Um, You know, our goal is to is to be internationally competitive each at, at every level, as I continue to say. Um, so, in doing so, you know, we target the world juniors, we target, you know, those those critical years uh, on the guys' side in particular, just outside of the junior years, uh, when athletes around the world are stepping into the World Cup and, and really having success. Um, and and that would be the, you know, the, the path that um, would keep us internationally competitive. Now, there's other, there's, I've been in this sport long enough to understand there's a lot of routes to the top. and. Um, certainly athletes can make it other ways there's no question about that um, it takes a lot of training takes a lot of focus takes a lot of hard work to be the best in the world and, and, uh, and you need to make, make sure we need to make sure that we're getting, getting that training whether athletes are in, in uh, the collegiate um, systems or, or not uh, We really want to see them get the training and get the skill development that they need to be the best I think it's, it, it comes down to the motivation of the athlete and, and uh in, from my standpoint um you know we haven't been funding down deep enough in our program so I, I completely understand you know the um the approach to to go to a collegiate program and and be well supported uh, both for an education and athletically um and and i and, I, and from my standpoint you know hopefully the funding, the efforts that we're making to, to fund down at the at the very base of our program, will send a message um, that we are serious about moving athletes up and how we want to move athletes up. and um, And that's not to say that athletes can't make it another way, um, but I guess it's it's emphasizing you know um, support where we feel we need to provide support. Mm-hmm. and uh, And you know, I think there'll be those athletes that really just you know want to move up in our system and. Um, they they don't have necessarily s- some of those other uh, academic uh, um, goals and and others do so those challenges and decisions get harder and every athlete has to make those decisions along the way um, so you know I think again you know it's been recognized that you know the collegiate path is 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 possible um, and, uh, and and the entry uh, f- back into our system. Um, is really clear and defined. You know, an athlete that does go to college and wants to make it back in, it's very clear they can uh, achieve results at the NORAMs and make it back in through, through that uh, system. So um, cl- there's a clear path to make it back into our system if athletes choose to go that direction.
0: And taking a step back from the national team for a second, what have you seen at the the lower youth levels and, and what needs to be worked on and, and what has been encouraging to you over the last 12 months?
1: I think, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, is, is being identified is, is the, you know, the overall cost of the sport. Obviously, we're dealing with, you know, our challenges um, in terms of funding athletes and, you know, the sport is becoming, you know, extremely, um, exp- extremely expensive. So... You know that's one of the challenges everyone's dealing with um, down through the system Um, and and you know some of the athletes coming back onto the uh, alpine sport committee as athlete reps uh, gave a a, a refreshing viewpoint on um, what we should expect at the younger ages and i think it was uh, really a cool um, perspective to have our olympic athletes come back and and, uh, and look at the U12 level and down and, and feel that, you know, there's some things that needed to be done there to, to make the sport a little more uh, accessible and attractive uh, for those that get involved there. Mm-hmm. So, um, so clearly there's um, some, some good thought going into it from some athletes that have um, been in the, you know, at the very top of the sport. So, so that's, uh, that's encouraging. So looking ahead and,
0: and given everything that we've discussed, where do you see the future of the U.S. ski team going in the next five, ten years?
1: Well, I think from my standpoint, the, the, one of the things that, you know, we're focused on really those four things that, you know, I, I took on when I, when I first showed up. I think we want to build our, continue to build our, our uh, a positive team culture. Um, that's something that, that I've always believed in and one of the reasons why I came back here. Um, I believe that's important uh, for us as a nation when we're living in, um, and competing in Europe for most of the year. Um, it's important to have a strong team dynamic. Um, and then, uh, you, know, the, you know, I think there's, there's other aspects to this with regards to keeping our sport, you know, on the forefront, keeping it relevant. I mean, it's the coolest sport in the world, and it's so exciting when you're part of it and, and in it and you understand it. It's the group that's outside that, that needs to you know get a get a good uh, view in and to understand what we do and, and why we love it so much and why people are so passionate about it um, and hopefully we can we can create some more of those uh, you know uh, views into what we're doing and, and create some more connections outside of of our current community you know I think uh, we um, we again have have an amazing sport that we're that we're engaged in and that's why people are so passionate about it. So I want to, you know, obviously continue to drive that and um, the relevance of it. I'm always reminded when I go back to Europe how important this sport is to uh, other parts of the world. Um, it is, uh, it's amazing how um, how uh, well supported it is and, and the amazing following that exists in Europe. You know, it's just, it's motivating for, for everybody, athletes and staff uh, when we go spend time over there so um so that's um you know i want to share a little bit of that with our with our uh, with our american following um and and i think uh you know obviously we want to we want to in order to do that we want to be successful you know that's a big piece of it is being successful and and uh you know transcending our sport um obviously The Olympics is the opportunity to do that that's the platform to do that so you know we're we're focused on that and we'll continue to be focused on that um, as well moving forward
0: wonderful well Jesse thank you so much again it was great to to sit down and have a talk with you and we hope to have you back soon
1: all right thanks Sean appreciate it
0: that's the show thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you all soon